All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith. And you know, I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I believe we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. There are great humans, I believe, throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. Okay, so this is someone that just I've met on LinkedIn, shows up a ton in the content I put out there, and we've gotten to know each other over the years. I'm so glad we've we've finally gotten together. This person has a great background. He's he's currently a founder, an entrepreneur, founder of a great you know consultancy organization called Be Kinetic. You know he helps entrepreneurs um, with a variety of different things, driving sales, marketing, all sorts of different things. But he comes from you know a sales background for sure. Um, he's done everything from you know selling sales training uh, to to organizations to working in PR and selling uh, in that uh, respect to even. He was a sales manager at Ruby Tuesday, so maybe he can tell us a little bit about that. But I am so pleased to, to welcome none other than Keith Daw to the podcast. Welcome, Keith. Good to be here. I'm glad that, glad that we finally got connected because I've uh, been a fan of the show, and it's going to be fun to be able to delve into some fun topics and perhaps bring, uh, bring a few new things uh, from what I've seen in the last episodes, too. Absolutely. So I, I have no doubt you will. And we're definitely on the same wavelength around bringing the, the most human version of yourself into to the business, uh, you know, into the workforce, into the business place. So, you know, Keith, uh, we were talking beforehand, you just love podcasts because, you know, people can prompt you with questions. So I, I, I ask people a signature question because I just feel like, you know, I love people's answers. Like you say, you, you love people asking you questions and you know, you get to kind of think on the spot of answers. I love as as a host asking this question and seeing what people like you, who I see from afar, are doing things to you know really you know notice the like the empathetic nature in sales and to notice like how businesses connect with their customers through intelligent signing, which I saw in some of your posts and stuff like that. So, you know, Keith, when I I say to you, like you saw the, the the name of the podcast, when I say to you, like sell something and sell it by being human, you know, what does that mean to you? And and what does that look like throughout your career? Perfect. First thing that popped in mind, so going to go with it. Instead of focusing on the things during the sale, think about the people. So think about it from prospecting. Hey, you need to personalize your email. You, you're going to look, where do they live? Where do they work? What do they do? What do they sell? Uh, you, where do they go to school? Like you're going to look for things, maybe earnings reports. These are all things, but we don't sell things per se, right? And so we sell to people. So I think recognizing over the times there were so many tasks and so many things that I did so well, but in the essence of completing the task and completing the things, I forgot, didn't think about the people the user experience, the the salesperson that sends you an email or makes a cold call and you're rolling your eyes, but they ask something or say something, it's like, this person really cares. You know what? Not everybody talks about, right? So now at some point you just made that human connection because you didn't sound like everybody else. And at the same time, you were more curious about whether or not there is an opportunity to help somebody as opposed to whether there's an opportunity to score an appointment and maybe get a sale. Yeah. You know, sometimes like I've heard it put so many different ways and I love that uh, analogy, things versus people. I think, you know, thinking about people, not like, I I don't think like, um, it's almost like a subtle shift. I think it's almost like if you put your focus to the person, your actions will align with that, that focus. Like if that, if you wake up and, and maybe like your questions, I'm curious, like in your career, like how you actually deployed and what what an example of that might be. Because when I hear you say that, I'm thinking of like, okay, well, that's great, Keith. Like, uh, obvious, that seems obvious to me thinking about the person, right? Like, it's all about like the buyer and the other person on the other side of the equation. But like, you know, we still do things that are against that. We still do the opposite of things that, you know, are selling to things, selling to earnings reports, selling to, you know, things we can find on LinkedIn. So, like what what prompts what things did you use like even though 
like you know you weren't sell you you were trying to not sell to things and so tempting to do that because they're so ready available how did you like how do you like to think about like maybe conditioning yourself to you know put yourself in in a place where that is like your mode of operating uh, selling to people i i learned the hard way you know vulnerability <laughs> sometimes uh so when I mentioned the whole people sell the things, you know, not only just the people who taught me, but most of the people that I was competing against or even, you know, other salespeople, that was just how it was. You focus on the company, you focus on the role, you focus on the money, you focus on the problems and pain. But then it was recognizing, oh yeah, people buy from people they like and trust. So I wanted people to buy because of me, not in spite of me. And and so the easiest thing for me, a big eye opener was was disc. And, and I know there's some people like, well, yeah, I'm familiar with or eh, whatever. But I recognize very quickly, if I want to get a chance to know this other person, genuinely know this other person a little bit better, so that way I can show up in a way that's more relatable to them as opposed to just my default self when I'm making a call, making an email or doing a demo, I kind of have to lean in a little bit. And when I started to really delve into, because I like absorb information, started delving into disk, I'm thinking, okay, some people are going to be more focused on results. Some are going to be more focused on how this is going to feel or the energy around the solution. Some people are the status quo. And then you have the people that are the data and analytical. And if we recognize that everyone has you know, probably one of these as their, as their primary, and there could be another one or two at play, are there ways for me just to learn a little more insights as to CEO, VP of marketing, HR, VP, and a CFO are all joining me on a sales call? Don't know a thing about them. But if I started to recognize that each of those four could very likely represent those four styles that I have, well, now I can speak to each of them more in that style. So Mr. or Mrs. CEO, let's talk about what kind of results you're looking for. VP of marketing. How is this going to feel and look when you're when your prospects and your clients see it on your website or in your email campaign? You know, HR, when we're talking about making some adjustments to how people onboard and make changes, how how is that going to right? And you can start to lean into things that they care about just based upon some of those little bits of info you're getting on on the buyer personas. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm thinking about like when you were kind of coming up, you and I, 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 and I'm, I'm sure like you, you probably had situations where it didn't go so good. Like you said, it was, uh, you learned from, from, um, your own experiences. Right. And so like, um, I'm sure like there's been situations where maybe your personality and the other personality, the other person where they weren't jiving and you had to kind of figure out, okay, how do I like get this person to open up to me? So you know, before you learned anything about DISC, like, you know, talk to me about like maybe how you came up and I saw you, 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 you know, you were a manager at Ruby Tuesdays and things like that. And you've been in the service industry. I imagine I can't, you know, I, I've been a waiter myself. Like I imagine that, you know, you just, you look, you meet so many different personality types. You get, you know, so many, you know, you meet so many different people that are in a heated situation you know, where, where did you hone some of those skills of maybe like picking up on people's personalities before you learned anything about like personality assessments or profiling? That, that so way? I would definitely say it was from the experience in hospitality. I, like many people had, you know, countless server, bartender, some kind of restaurant. And it was either the thing you did on the side or the thing you did in between positions, you know, cause it's, it's easy when you already have some experience and you can make some good cash in the process. Well, the greatest servers and the greatest bartenders, especially, they, they are those professional chameleons. They're putting on a show, right? No matter what's going on in their personal life or they might roll their eyes at you when you, when you turn away, whatever. But it's a performance, you know, in that and the better you are at the performance, the more money you're likely going to make or at least the more pleased they are and they're going to hopefully come back and bring friends. And so I think before it was what are the things I need to do or say to create a situation that's going to be fun, exciting, entertaining, whatever for this other person. So that way they'll have a good time, tip big, hopefully come back. And, and it was successful until it wasn't. Until you get that person like, okay, 
I'm just holding my, right? And I naturally wanted to hold my boundaries a little bit instead of perhaps just kind of leaning in a little bit. So, okay, I don't usually have people get upset about that. Tell me a little bit more, right? The things that we might've learned, you know, in, in a sales training situation. So then when I was able to couple the two and recognize the psychology behind what I was trying to attempt before, now the art of it, the actual delivery could be genuine and put, instead, of, instead of just me manipulating a situation, I was now being very, very cognizant of how I brought myself from a tone, from a facial expression, from the word choices I use, uh, the types of questions I ask and, and being able to direct them to each individual person now they get that 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 little he kind of sort of knows me he kind of gets me he relates to me because i'm connecting with them on the personal level instead of just trying to outmaneuver them from a tactical standpoint yeah. that that has been my 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 learning curve over the last years yeah i i almost feel like there you've probably seen some servers that are like hey if i'm you know with a bad customer or unhappy customer if you you know you try to try to try to make them happy try to do something and they're still unhappy some people are like it just is what it is they're they're like just a mean person or they're just unruly and uh, i'm just gonna i'm just i'm just biding my time till they get out like if you know some people can't be pleased but like you know i'm when you kind of take you know control and kind of take it on yourself like hey like I'm curious. I want to know, like, hey, like, can you, you know, tell me more about that? Like, you know, most, like, hey, typically, like, I don't get that response. And, like, I want to make sure, like, that, you know, your experience is good. Like, help me understand. Like, tell me what, you know, you were looking for. Or, like, you know, what is it? What were you looking for that, you know, you, you weren't getting? Or what is it about this service that could be better? Like, you're trying to ask these, like, uh, you know, it seems like these questions that just trigger this you know, the person to maybe elaborate or to, to say, Hey, Keith is, is trying to listen to me. He doesn't have to necessarily try. He's not, you know, you, you said in the beginning, people buy from people they know and they like, and, and you know, I've obviously heard this, this before people buy from the people they know, like, and trust. And I feel like at the, the core of those three things, like it's really trust. I mean, people trust people that are at least attempting to listen to them, you know, that are seeing them as a, as a, as like you say, a person, there is a person here on the other side. They're not trying to blow by a reaction, um, that might be very subtle, but you know, you're picking up on that. So, um, and I, and I do appreciate, I do think you get an A for effort as long as it's a good and intentional effort, you know, a prospect sees you not super perfect, not looking like Superman or Superwoman. They just seem like a real person, you know. Sometimes good enough is so much better than what your competition, your competition is doing, um, because everybody else has got the same kind of script, the same stuff, the same cadence, the you know one size fits all style communication. That person that's willing and able to maybe do a little prep, a little recon to say, hmm, this person seems like a real take charge type of person. This one seems more like a passive observer type of situation. Could that be helpful as I'm going into this sales combo for leaders, right? Get a, who's the person that if you don't say, how was your weekend? They're going to get, you know, get miffed. And who's the person, if you use too many words, they're going to get miffed, right? These little nuances, as we get to know people and truly observe, they're putting out all kinds of verbal cues. and verbal yeah. cues and yeah. they're floating all around. This is up to us as to whether we're going to go, Ooh, that's a little tidbit I might want to recognize the types of words they use, how many words they use. All of those things start to give you a little bit of a, at what pace and, and what direction should I go in a sales combo? And I think people pick up on that. And I think it's okay to say, Alex, you, you seem like, oh, based upon the things that are coming back, you seem like a rule, let's go ahead and get these things done. I want to make sure it's not a cart before the horse type thing. Could I take an extra 10 minutes ask some very specific questions just to make sure we didn't miss anything before we you know ready aim go you know and like those kind of things very intentional it's how you take that dominant results person and you you calm them without trying to put them in their place so to speak because otherwise you have a nice alpha alpha thing going that's not going to work you know and and recognizing when you're when people are talking what is it that's important to them as opposed to what's the next thing in your cadence. Yeah. 
analogy I like to use is like I'm I'm learning guitar and um, you know part of it is like you learn chords and chords are just a you know a couple strings you play on different frets of the guitar and that's like a you know a part of a song and every song is made up of three or four maybe chords and you're just learning the the individual chords you're just playing those individual chords you know all like all the time then you're stringing a couple things together you know the chords would be maybe like the cues like people are throwing out these cues like you know we're just looking by them sometime but you make music when you combine these chords together and you put them in some sort of melody and you you have a strumming pattern now you have a song but you know when you're you're combining these cues and asking you like what like I would just say everything that Keith just said, like when you have any interaction with anyone, with a with a with a server at your next restaurant, with a cashier, just like pick up, just kind of focus yourself on their body language, what they said, how long they said something, you know, they're like, did they shrug? Did they lean in? Did they, you know, put something in? And like, you know, those things, and you might be like, I don't even know what those mean. What does it mean, Alex and Keith, if someone, you know, is, is scratching their head or what does it mean if they are looking down or like, you know, what does it mean if they're over talking? It just pick up and, you know, you know, just ask like, what could it mean? Well, it could mean they, they, they don't know. So they're just trying to explain themselves. It could mean this. So you'll just, you'll end up like answering your question half the time on what they mean. And sometimes you can just even call them out and clarify what they mean. You can just say, Hey, it, you know, it seems like the, you, you got a lot of, uh, of things on the menu or what you want to say. Like, you know, uh, it looks like maybe like, you know, it's hard to, to pick out what, what there is to eat or something like that. Or, Hey, it like, seems like you're, you're dealing with a lot of tables. Like I get it. Like, you know, how was your day or something like that? Or how it seems like it's been super busy today. Is, is it, has it been, or what's that look like? People just want to, again, like in the beginning, seen, heard, and understood you're, you're doing that when you just pick up on those things and you maybe label them, you're, you're kind of just, um, subtly just, you know, trying to, sh you know, show people, Hey, I see you, you know, I see what's going on, um, in that way. And, and I think again, depending upon whether you are proactively communicating with someone or in some cases like that you, you're, you're on the receiving end of you know the easiest ways for people to kind of expand their what they're observing is this person that's talking to me are they talking more about people and feelings or are they talking more about things and tasks because if this person always comes to me about things and tasks and then i come to them and talk about my feelings right it's my problem right i want to talk about what is it the manage the things that you can manage. I can't control how somebody else's communicate, but I can manage how I interpret it and how I communicate back. And in some cases I can either make it worse or I can diffuse it without them even necessarily knowing, you know, and then there's, you know, so it's a uh, people and feelings. Is that kind of where they tend to go to in their conversations, verbal or written or the tasks and things it tells you a little bit more where are they leading with their heart or leading with their head? Both can be great. And then, you know, also, are they more of an energetic and active or are they perhaps a little more of a reserved in, in that observationist in that regard? And it's not too difficult if you really intentionally pay attention to be able to figure out which one is likely going to be, you know, the person. And now, now you got at least 50%, right? This person is a little reserved and tends to talk about feelings. Okay. So let's not come and say, we're going to change everything and it's going to be great right? Because they're just going to be paralyzed, right? So I think it helps you recognize, again, the science and the art. The science is there. You just don't know how to look for it. Then the art, to your point, was, hmm, I saw these two components. How might I express myself where I'm at least as close to that as I could possibly get? And, and I share it to the group because I have personally napalmed countless relationships over the years until I recognized these things and my natural, if you want to say disc style, as well as other assessments, my natural style is the antithesis to everything that I'm describing. So this is through practice and, and success, as well as personal therapy from learning through and, and getting better at these as well. All right. So talk, talk to me a little bit about how you, you know, train entrepreneurs and salespeople to like connect with people using that kind of disc model so like for people that don't know disc it's an assessment tool it's a personality assessment tool you can take it it's one of many myers-briggs discs there's a lot of different ones you can take um 
uh, I've done similar ones. Maybe you've done it where it's like you get a series of questions and based on your answers, it kind of, you know, puts you into kind of these like, you know, personality categories. Just it, it, it's it's what you kind of lean more towards behavioral assessments and things like that. Um, you know, it's not it doesn't mean like you're, you're all of this or anything like that. We're a variety of different types of 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 behaviors. But how do you kind of help people, you know, kind of like because you kind of alluded to it. Like identifying is someone, you know, leading with their heart or leading with their head and then based on who I am, because I, I hear you saying like to understand someone else, you really have to start by understanding yourself, you know, first and how you show up and what you tend to lean towards. Because we don't even know, like you said, you napalmed relationships because you probably just didn't know how you were coming coming across or you just didn't know how your personal person was going to receive you. Some people receive you and go, oh, my God, Keith is amazing he's the life of the party he's great other people are like oh keith like that guy's you know like he's annoying you I know and cup of tea. <laughs> i think we all aren't someone's cup of tea and we all are are someone's cup of tea at, at some point but you know how do we how, how do you like help people kind of start by because you know it's it's like sometimes i feel like the challenge the big challenge is oh my god there's so so many different personalities how do i like analyze it's so much work to analyze like okay are they an adapter are they this are they that okay being the the um you know analyst that i am how do i how do i a deal how does an analyst deals with an adapter and how does an analyst deal with a accommodator how does an analyst and so there's so many different parameters so it can get, be kind of numbing for people to get their wrap their head around so how do you people kind of you know how do you kind of help people start with using um that kind of a you know disc behavioral model to help kind of connect by, by with people. Simplifying as many things as possible. And okay. So to your point, I I geek out for those assessments. I had someone share something with me recently, like, "Ooh, this looks pretty." Right, and my head goes there. Uh, you know, Enneagram on the three Myers Briggs. I'm an INTJ, the architect. So I'm giving some some insights here to the audience, and. Those are all valuable when used for self-reflection, self-awareness. Uh, and from a business standpoint, if you're putting together teams and such, these tools can be very, very helpful. But to the average salesperson, average account manager, average customer service person or leader, it might be much more sophisticated or more complex to be used in situation to situation. So I look at DISC as both the science you know, behind hey, there's probably a lot of this involved with this person's preferred communication and behavioral style. Guess what? Their default comfort zone. That's that's where I see their disc style. So I am a D dominant and C the conscientious. So results through process. That is, that is, that, that is what I like. It's what I default to personally and professionally. When, when the panic button comes, it's like, okay, we got to get results. What are the steps we need to take? That is my default. Many people have that basic default when emotion gets involved. And so when you recognize is this person's style is probably their comfort zone. So as a seller, if I can somehow, you know, you're worried about peeking into an inbox. If I can have a little bit of insight through some disc, and there are some tools out there that even help you get some of those insights even faster. If I can get some insights into this person, I might be took my toe into their comfort zone and they might invite me in to sit down in their office in their comfort zone, so to speak, and have this convo. But if I show up as my natural stuff, my natural person, I have memorized the script. I, I mean, I can do it in two different languages. I was a radio DJ for six years, so I could throw on all the panache if I need to. Like I will destroy that script. But I also then get, you know, get points taken off because at some point it's just a machine or a robot and it's missing that human dynamic above and beyond the obligatory. So how was your weekend? Weather's good? Great. So Alex, jumping into our thing based upon blah, 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 blah. And Alex is like, he's good, but he's just a better version of everybody else. He's still not a good salesperson, right? And so I recognize and I got some harsh feedback from some folks um, like, hey, this is all great, but it's all work. There's no fun. There's no, right? So the relationship was based upon what I knew and what I could bring. The relationship wasn't based on the human dynamic because I just didn't think, I didn't know to open it. So when all of a sudden now I could see it, I'm like, 
oh, wait a second. So if I can remember those important things that Alex mentions, if I can match his style, which is kind of cool, kind of easy, and I remember here's a few things he prefers. It's not usually my go-to, but he prefers it. What the hell? We'll have some fun. I'll lean into it. He'll appreciate it. I'll feel good because he appreciates it. Now we're bonding. So when we do get to the agenda and get to the, de uh, the demo, get to the contract, right? Alex is working with Keith, not Alex is working with a salesperson from Bconnect. Yeah. And as soon as I re recognized that and started practicing it, then I was literally all in. Can't make reparations for what had happened in the past, but I could certainly be very, very intentional uh, with what I did and how I did it moving forward. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, like, um, I never like heard it put that way, but I like that, like he's good, but like he or she is just a little better version of the same person as everyone else. And, and you want to be not di like, I don't, I don't like the term differentiate from your competition. I like distinguish yourself from your yes, competition. I and I like, you know, being one of one being really unique. So like, I'm not just different. Like this is like a totally unique experience. And Alex, like no other rep is like, not only like just slightly asking me different questions about me, he's like picking up on cues. He's, oh, he's remembering, oh, I went on vacation last weekend and asked me about my vacation. He's, he's, he's like ask, like bringing up stuff about his vacation. And then we're talking about like a similar experience that I have when I went to the place that he went on vacation. And it's almost like you're forgetting I'm in a sale um, half the time. And then and like, it's very easy to transition to, okay. Okay. So in any case, like, like this is why we're here today. Here's the things we wanted to talk about. Let's get into it, but you don't have to, it's not, it doesn't sound fake. It doesn't sound like forced, like, Oh, like, so how's, how's the weather? Like, you know, what would you, how are you? What's, what'd you do this weekend? It's, it's truly like, you know, let's pause for a second. And like you said in the beginning, like just shift our focus a little bit to the person and then we can get to the business. The, the all that will come. Like if the person, you know, is is just comfortable and they they're like, okay, I trust him. Like then they're gonna they're gonna like let you into more of the 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 work side of things or the business side of things. Absolutely. And and during that learning process, and and again, as I continue to delve in, and it's, I'll even share a fun little uh, anecdote from a personal level, just because sometimes we learn better when we hear an yeah. example. Out to work um i the i wanted to go ahead and have you all laugh a, a better relationship with the dog right so it was the dog was there before i was in the relationship we'll just say that and so there's always that whole you know hey you're you're like this bonus dad type of situation but i'm still not at the same level as you know as, as mom so but at the same time, I know he's capable of doing all the things he's supposed to do and listening and behave like all those, particularly when taken for a walk. And so I was getting frustrated. I'm like, I know you know how to do these things. I've watched you do them. You've done them for me countless times. Why are you? And then if I got stressed, then he would cower, right? And so I started recognizing that dominant D, my way or the highway, was starting to come out. And he's just like, hey, I just want to go for a walk the same couple times a day and be nice if I got some affirmation, right? So I'm like, all right, so what if he was that SI? Status quo, consistent, like, hey, let's just not rock the boat. But I love being able to hear the good boy. So now the thing is, like, you know the steps, and I expect you to nail all the steps. The counter, what I need to bring to it is when he does those things that I expect and I would like him to do, I give him a good boy, good job at that pet on the head or rub the ears every single time without fail. So if there's 12 steps that we're supposed to do when he nails all 12, I give him that attaboy. You know what happens? Tails wagging, tongues hanging out. He's bouncing in his step, going down the hallway or going up the asphalt grass. And I mean, and what it does is it brings me joy. I start smiling because now it's more enjoyable. We get to go on a walk together as opposed to I have to take the dog for a walk. And it all happened because I pause. This isn't working the way I want to in the relationship. How might he might like to experience it, right? Hospitality user experience. What experience might he appreciate that'll make him feel his best, which will align with my goals too. And by doing that, I recognize I was the problem, not him. And so, but now how do you take that to business? You've got that employer or employee that you're just like, eh, pause 
put disk over there for a filter. I don't care if you want to be an expert in it or not. Just get some basic insights and go, I've been going about it wrong, or there might be a different or better way I could go about it to at least be taking steps towards a better relationship. After a hundred plus episodes, I can safely say you're, you know, you, I've had people selling their teams, selling their customers, selling their parents, selling their children. You're the first person that has sold their, their dog, uh, on, um, on, you know, a, a change. And, uh, that is amazing to me. I'm sure everyone's doing it. They're not realizing they're doing it. They're doing some of the same things you just said, Keith, but like, yeah, if you pause, like, I love that, like that framework that could work for your dog, your significant other, your prospect, your, you know, somebody, your server, how might you like to experience this? How might he or she like to experience me or this, you know, like it's such a great question you could ask yourself and just pause and like, be like, okay, they're clearly like direct or they clearly like it when, or they clearly resist when. So how might I change? Cause you know, if you want to change someone else, like start with yourself, start, you know, how can I change? Um, just, a, a that, that's just, a, I love that story. So what's your dog's, what's, what's your dog's name? Oliver. It's Oliver, man, Oliver's lucky. I love it. So, so just a quick, little quick thing on that. You, you prompted my, in my head is, you know, the user experience for your your prospect. So let's imagine this is ridiculous, but sometimes you got to make it stupid simple for it to click. If you were, I make a cold call, you pick up, and my now obviously this is not the recommended. Hey Alex, this is a cold call, and I want to make sure I absolutely do not waste your time. Can you tell me in thirty seconds or less what would be your ideal sales call that you'd want to continue? If you were so inclined to say this, this, not this, definitely never this, if you were inclined to give me that information, how much could I learn before I open my mouth and said another darn thing? Probably quite a bit. So if there are things in their, on their profile or there are things you know about their tenure, this person appears as though they graduated college decades ago, they've been in their position 15 years, right? Depend they, they might be completely different about change and, and such than someone who's been in the role for three months, right? So anything that you can get that information, choreograph your ideal sales call or prospecting call based upon the user experience they might appreciate. So that's kind of how, I mean, it, kind of what popped in my head is if I were going to cold call Alex and he's in this kind of world, da, 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 what kind of things can I glean from him? This might be his preferred styles from disc and other things. Plus people who take a lot of assessments tend to put it onto their pages. So read that stuff, get the insights. And now I can at least make my first impression something that's probably at least 50% gonna resonate with you. And then if I know to be listening, situational awareness, now when he's like, oh yeah, he, he, he got on the dog. So he's definitely right. And so I can start to recognize the things that are important or if I just need a shush and just kind of, I need facts, I need bullets, right? And so you start to recognize how the other person would want you to communicate to them. But most of us are so thinking about what we're going to say next that we miss that part. Yeah, there's are there. Everyone has a preferred way. Like, you know, I've you know, like we've all like on the podcast, I've talked about the platinum rule. Don't you know, it's like the golden rule, do unto others as you want, want done unto you. But the platinum rule, do unto others as they would want done onto them, you know, thinking about the, the other person, putting your frame of reference out of you and onto them. Cause you know, maybe other people don't want the same things as us, you know, and it sounds really genuine. Like it's not a bad way to live life. Do unto others as you would want done. You know, it's a very giving, it's a very other, you know, focused mindset. But the other one is, is more so like, Hey, like I'm going to, take what I want out of the t equation altogether because uh, we all have different worldviews. And so when we're thinking through, oh, they must like it when they, I, I know they, they would love a cold call if the, like the rep, you know, said this or did that, like, you're just, you're, you're stroking your own ego. You're, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're missing out on answers or opportunities or possibilities because you're just not fully all thinking about now, how would they want it? Like, given all this information I can find out there, what hypothesis can I, you know, and you, that's all you can do. You can just, you know, like make an educated guess based on 
how you think someone likes to receive information. But if you're always just asking, how might they like to receive me? How could I show up better for them? Like, and it's just like, it's just turning your lens a bit in that way. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm hearing from you. Uh, yeah, a ton. And I know you've had a uh, Bob Berg, great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So in the same vein, the, with the idea of the go giver, you have to give to get, well, if let's just break it down. If what you want to get is an appointment, a demo, a closed sale, if that's what you want to get, what are you, the salesperson willing to give? What are you willing to do? Are you willing to put in an extra couple minutes to take advantage of all the insights, all the cues? Was there email three words or 33 words? Did it have bullets? Did it have facts and figures? Did it have, right? You can learn a lot about that other person. Are you willing to do the work to give them that benefit right from the beginning? They're more likely to lean into the conversation. You're more likely to get what you want. Now that's my turning it inside out to this point, not suggesting that's what Bob says, what I means. Yeah, no, but you know, very, very true. So I think, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, you, you know, not even thinking about what you're going to get back, even though we all are, we all have agendas and things like that, but doing that just his, his really, what he taught me was really just shifting your focus on needing to receive anything back, but just how can I give, you know, my time, my value giving, Giving could be time. Giving could be curiosity. It could be listening. There's a lot of things we could give to people we don't realize without even expecting to get something back. But the but the getting usually does come back be, because of those things. Um, so yeah, tell me. Uh, you know, kind of. I, I'm always curious as we kind of you know kind of get to the end. Any like I always feel like you know people have like you, you don't really, like learn these things you know, just even in a, in a Ruby Tuesdays or in a job, like sometimes we witness other people who are just excellent with people who are just, you, you can, these people in our careers or in maybe in our lives, maybe our parents who, you know, for some reason, people just, they had, you know, all the friends they had, you know, they got opportunities quicker than people that had more talent or more schooling. They they were able to navigate their careers in a way because they just were able to like get the amass these great networks. And I feel like, you know, and, and some of these and, and these people are doing them because of they're they're u- using what you say. So I'm curious, like if you could think of people in your career or in your life that really helped you kind of you know, really personified some of the stuff that we're talking about today that, you know, and, and if so, like, who would you think of and, and what things did they do really, really well in, in terms of like connecting with, with other human beings? So I'll give one, one actual and one fictional, the fictional one will make you laugh, but it, again, it's going back to my own learning curve and stuff too. Um, I had a, a, a manager years ago and had been a, a soccer coach. So we both played competitive soccer for the longest time. So there was a little bit of a bond, but very much that that really tough go-getter driving, you know, com- competitive part, which which resonated to me. But what I what I recognized was they could switch gears where they're like, okay, we're gonna do this, blah, blah, blah. And you get like the games, like go team, all pumped up. And then five minutes later, whew, like switch gears and like, Hey, hey, I saw the pictures on Facebook and that like, you know, and it's like completely different and it was completely genuine. This person just paid attention to all the different details. Well, at one point I pulled him aside after, you know, doing a, a quarterly review and I said, I noticed that you do this. And he says, can I tell you something? It's really freaking hard. And it blew my mind because he was just completely unfiltered where everything was always a polite professional. But he recognized I've had too many people be just their own self and here's me, like it or not. I didn't want to be that person. So I studied and part of it was some of the premises of human psychology and and, 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 and all that. That was where he leaned into. To So he says, don't study sales books if you want to get better at sales read psychology books and understand how to apply them to what you're doing. And that was probably the first hint. It was such great advice. I didn't follow it. Um, (laughs) But it was always there when I'm like, I didn't do it as well as he did. 
I wonder if, right? And so there was at least the seed was there. Okay. There's no water nice. on it until I started getting exposed to some disc and some other things and recognizing I have the ability to do yeah. those. It's just difficult. Um, so for me, it's the how do I be that direct person that they need and want, but also be calm and kind because they also need that as well. And that's what makes you personable instead of just being a, a dictator with good intentions. Um, and that that's kind of my own little part. The 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 one that I said was the the the, the non or the fictional one. If you ever watch the the show Suits, it talks yeah, absolutely. about yeah, a oh, great show. So who's the one character that I have to make certain that I can be the results driven, but not you know be unpersonable, right? The, the number, right? So at some point it's like, already got Mike, who's the up and comer, blah 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 blah, but he's looking to this mentor for guidance who gives him tough love. Right. And so then recognizing in that, you know, that persona, here's this top attorney who could just the heart, you know, the killer closer can relate to that, who at some point people don't expect any empathy from, who kind of expect him to be curt. So when he's not, people are taken aback and they really embrace it. I'm like, all right, Keith, well, how can we just do that more intentionally? How do we get to the point you're a caring person, loving person, you genuinely want to help people? meet them with where they are and then just kind of work back towards where you're comfortable them you meet them where they are they'll also lean towards you a little bit and now they said okay well keith in order for me to get the results what process do you recommend now we're in my lane but until i go play in their sandbox until i take the give what i need to and do the work i need to to earn that which right now i don't mind spending 30 minutes to be able to have an hour long conversation that could be a lifelong client. Yeah. It's so funny for all of you. Like, um, you know, I was thinking of the name. So the name, uh, the, the attorney is talking about Harvey Specter. He is this, you know, slick talking attorney, the typical image, the really well-dressed, good looking. He is just, but he is a bulldog in the courtroom. He wins, you know, everything. And this other guy, Mike, he's like more, you know, calm and kind and collected, but just super smart, super analytical. Like, you know, he, he gets where he is because of his smarts and his brains. And Harvey is like, he's just like this charismatic guy who like, you know, gets all the girls and gets all the client, like wins all the deals and he just wins. But he also has this like other side where he's willing to like, you know, give people a chance or he's willing to like, you know, mentor someone or, you know, he, he, you know, he, he, he sits and listens to characters, right? He's who people go to when they have a problem. Like he's not just this image. Like you, you think he, he's this, this bulldog, but he has this complicated character, but, um, and he's, he's 100% observing anything and everything around yeah, him. Yeah. He remembers the details that, and again, and that's the thing is I, or obviously that would be too much of a good thing if I, but you know, like that was the path that I was going down and I didn't have the skills to be able to put on the brakes on the curves as need be sometime to time. So now I recognize, okay. You need to be empathetic, which is not necessarily a natural wired thing. So my empathy, you should talk about a business owner, <sighs> been there. There's So the empathy is relatability. I know what it's like to be able to look at the, you know, look at your forecast, look at your payroll, look at your, like, I understand that. So let's make an informed decision with blah, 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 for your go-to-market strategy, right? My empathy isn't because I'm just leaning with my heart. My empathy is my heart has been broken like yours is broken because I've been that business leader that made that mistake. Now I can delve in from the emotional standpoint, connect with them. And then once that connection is made, then my little architect brain can go to work trying to fix it. But if I try to fix it, I don't get a chance to make that, that personal connection that I'm capable of doing because I'm so fixate, fixated on the result. I'm not addicted to the process to get there. Yeah, I love it. So, um, you know, anything that like you can think about, like, you know, any advice I sometimes, uh, you know, um, ask people for advice. And I think you might be good for people that maybe don't have a, you know, a sales role. Maybe they're an entrepreneur, they could be a school teacher, they could just be in totally something that is not, you know, they don't have a quota, let's just say. Um, 
Any advice for those folks on things like that they could do to, you know, just what, what's something they could do after listening to this to to maybe, you know, hone their skills, hone some of these skills of thinking about the person and connecting and, and you know, and, um, you know, maybe like, you know, uh, eliciting some type of change in, in some type of, of sales scenario that they don't even know that they're going to be placed in, but that they could certainly be placed in without even knowing it. What, what's something you would, what, what's a piece of advice for, for somebody that just hasn't, isn't trained in sales that, that you think they could do after listening to this that might, might help so them? So two part, pause, like slow down. Are you responding or are you replying? Replying tends to be an emotional reaction as opposed to, you know, so are you reacting emotionally or are you responding the way that you would ultimately like to, right? If you didn't get a, a do-over, that I think is first. And, and then, as I mentioned before, in hey, start with your family and close friends. You know, what do they talk about? Do they focus on those things and tasks or do they talk on feelings and people? Or are they active or are they a little more reserved with their, their how they how they interact with you? That will give you some really good insights. And I know countless parents who have said, man, this is so much fun with my kids. I Because we speak to them differently, or at least we should. This is now understanding why do I speak to them differently? And yeah. it's not always about the age. Um, you know, you have that child that if you raise your voice to them, they'll yell back at you. You have the same household. If you raise your voice, they'll cower. Totally. So we already understand this dynamic. So just taking, you know, hey, high level principles of disc and stuff, put it out there to take a look at. I'm like, yeah, I learned a little thing about my family. And the reason I mention it, I was a, I'm a D, my sister uh, S, my mom I, my dad C. Had I recognized this when I was 14 years old, I would have gotten <laughs> far less trouble and probably would have gotten away with a lot more stuff. So uh, it's sometimes just something as simple as just pausing. Is this person telling me anything that I'm missing? And then how do I apply it to the conversation to be able to get a little closer to them, even if they don't recognize it? Yeah. Um well, cool. What about the person that's like, you know, farther in their career, they're in sales, they've had a lot of sales training, but you know, they're just, they've never really worked on rapport. They've never really like had training on human connection. They feel like maybe ah, relationships, that's not how you make sales. It's all about, you know, focusing on the problem. What, what, what advice might you say to them? They're wrong. Uh, there's always room to to keep sharpening the skill, uh, sharp, sharpening the saw, fine tuning it. Like if you're already that good without, imagine yeah. how much better you could be with a. Hey, maybe you're just putting a, a pocket square in and shining your shoes, and maybe just like maybe that's all you're doing. But depending, if you're that good, that could be an extra hundred, two hundred thousand dollars or more in in sales just by leaning into something above and beyond. So. That I mean, I, I've had some people that have sold far more than I have without using any of it. I know a lot of people who told me that and they're selling far more than they used to with it. Nice. Cool. Well, I always end off uh, the, these podcasts, Keith, with a fun question about you. I told you uh, in the beginning. So, you know, because I think, you know, you brought us so much today. Thank you so much about and, and this actually goes to what you said in the beginning about focusing on the person. So the person, it's all about Keith. So I ask every guest a fun question at the end. And the, the question is this. And is if I could like ask all your you know closest people around you, right, like your friends, your you know significant other like your family like if if there's just one thing that is just so totally keith that you know keith would would only happen to keith uh would only be something keith would do uh what is just so totally keith what would what what would they give me what is just just you something that only you would do wow that is a fantastic question um Obviously, I'm all I'm very, very sarcastic. <laughs> okay, but I, I think those who know me best, I will spit out either movie movie references or movie lines or, or song or song lyrics randomly and weave it into conversations. So I've 
I, I'll bring up a reference from an obscure song. I'll bring up one that everybody knows. And next thing you know, the conversation's interrupted and we all start singing and humming for a minute to get back on track. So I'd say those that do a, you know, know me best, that's something that I do on a regular basis. Some like it, some not so much. Nice. Okay. Uh, favorite band, favorite, you know, uh, saying from a song. What's, what, it, what is, uh, what have you, what, what's something, what, what about like in the last, recently in the last week or two? What's a, what's, can you give us an example? Yes, we didn't start the fire by Fallout Boy. So <laughs> many people know Billy Joel's reference, and the Gen Xer was like, "Yeah, it's Billy Joel. He captured yeah. all Gen X." But I recently heard the new generation, which was brilliantly written to to apply to topics and conversation without losing a single a beat to the original. So love the singer songwriter, you know, the quiet one inside me. That's the singer songwriter here. Um, absolutely loved it because they kept the original, you know, preserved, but brought up a completely unique uh, perspective to it. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, you could you could use that analogy for a lot of things. You got me like wanting to listen to that now. Yeah, highly recommend. All right. Um, well, cool. As we end off, Keith, thank you so much uh, for doing this. Um, yeah, where can people find you? Learn more about Kinetic. Where do you want people to go and um, you know, kind of uh, find more about you? Easiest and fastest way, which most people like, just Keith Daw on LinkedIn, and you'll be able to click to a website, see a bunch of different posts, topics, etc. Uh, sales marketing and the communication ties them all together is our, our focus. Uh, BeKinetic.com, but there is a hyphen between B and Kinetic. Cool. All right. We're all all the stuff will be in the notes. Keith Daw, I really appreciate you, brother. Thanks thanks for joining the the podcast today. All right, pleasure being here, and I appreciate us uh, appreciate you spending some time and and uh, talk a little bit more about the the, the communication side of the human part of sales. Awesome, right on. Thanks a lot, Keith. Talk soon. All right. Hey, gang. All right. Wow, you made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.